So while I'm at home healing and waiting for my results, this is where it, I refer to it as my uh, broken promises phase, I guess, or the wanting to change or like a New Year's resolution. So, you know, New Year's comes and you make these resolutions. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to do this brand new year. I'm going to do all this. Well, I finished my surgery now and I'm thinking, okay, I do not want this again. I know I'm an outlier. I know there's nothing I can really do, but whatever there is to do, I'm going to do it. So kind of like a New Year's resolution, we as a family are going to be eating way more vegetables and may have many more of the cruferous kind of family, if I'm even saying that right, but those broccoli, the cabbage, the cauliflower, we're going to eat more beans, uh, no processed meats. And in my head too, and I was like, and I am not going to eat any kind of processed sugar. So no cakes, cookies, cupcakes, and things like that. Well, my daughter's birthday is coming up at the beginning of September and same with my husband. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to cheat, I will have one cupcake and that's it. And that's going to be on those days. That's it. Like just special holidays and all the rest. And it's not like, as I said before, as a family, we're completely unhealthy, but I mean, we can always, there's always room for improvement, right? You can always add more. So I, you know, even got my a stepmom on it and I was like, Kate, we're, cause she's an amazing cook and she was going to do the cooking. And so I was like, we're going to get the vegetables. We're going to do this and that. And I'm, as we joke around that my son probably now associates her with um, having all these like super, super healthy meals. So he's probably like every time she stays, oh no, does that mean we're going to have this for dinner? Um, so I was on it and I'm, I'm going to do yoga if I can once, once I'm, you know, can heal and I'm going to walk and I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to make time for myself because that was a big thing for healing, you know, make time for yourself. Yeah. I will get more into make time for yourself when you have young kids and how like funny that is because you, your time is not yours. It's your children's. Um, so, but this is the big plan and we're going to do this as a family and we're all on board and it doesn't matter what you say because I, this is what's happening. And so it all starts off good, right? Um, I also, now that I've had this surgery, have what's called short bowel syndrome. So even if I want to eat all these fibers and stuff like that, I can't eat as well. And my bowels aren't quite back to normal yet. And they said, it'll take time. It's a surgery and that. And even then it could take six months to a year. And after that, I might not be able to eat as much fibers as I once did because there's a shorter track for it to go through. So it goes through faster, but it didn't matter at that point. We were going to do this anyways. So out comes the cabbage. We can cook it in as many ways as possible. My son still not a huge cabbage fan. The broccoli, he's adamant. He does not like broccoli. Cauliflower, I mean, we snuck it into like, we when we mash potatoes, we kind of um, do the same with the cauliflower and mix it in and just say it's mashed potatoes. So there's been a few ways we've been able to kind of sneak it in, which has been great. Uh, a lot of smoothies in that uh, for like your, um, we put carrots and a lettuce and all that into it. Um, I have allergies to tomatoes and before I would cheat because I mean, it's tomatoes, it's pizza and all the good stuff. And I would get canker sores in my mouth and they bleed and they hurt. But, and then I kept thinking and well, if they're doing that to my mouth, what are they doing? What's it doing to my colon? 
So I was going to make no tomato sauce, which is, it actually tastes really good. It tastes like tomato sauce. It's made of beets and carrots and it's fabulous. I can't tell the difference, but I'm also lazy. So to make it requires work and my domestic skills, let's just say my husband did not marry me for my domestic skills. Uh, cooking is not a fun pastime for me. I get bored very quickly and I mean, I enjoy when people cook for me, but my choice of meals would be like cereal. So again, like all these ideas sound great. So I'm on it. Um, I'm stepmom. She's got the turmeric. Her hands are yellow. She's making turmeric tea because I had said before that I read turmeric's are a tumor's worst enemy. I was at the uh, Santerra market and I found a turmeric tea. So I was going to do that. So all these great things I was going to do. And I mean, it all started out well. It did. Is it hard to maintain? Yes. Because I will tell you once it gets up to Halloween time, how much I've really stuck to those promises and of no candy and junk food and that. Halloween came and it went completely out the window. Um, again, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get onto the yoga and that when I heal. Okay. Uh, if I'm looking at exactly right now in time, I, I can say I've done it once in three weeks, but things I'd definitely like to change. So like a new year's resolution, a lot of broken promises, but Hey, I, I tried and I'm still determined and I keep saying tomorrow, tomorrow. So I really do need to start because I know I won't feel as guilty, especially with my family and I'll feel better. Uh, some of the promises I've been able to definitely keep is I'm, I definitely look at uh, ingredients more and I really try to do more fresh stuff and uh, farmer's market big time. So those are the things I know I can do. And even if, because I was completely bad luck and maybe it makes no difference, at least I feel like I have control and it feels like I'm doing something and I'm doing something right for my family. So some of the promises, like I said, I was able to do are those ingredient things. So no processed meats is a huge one. So we look at grocery shopping and I, I look at some of the meats and my son wants to take a ham sandwich to school. My husband would like to take a sandwich. I am not a pork eater whatsoever. If I were to get into why I don't like pork, it's odd and strange, but I think of pork as eating like a, a dirty pig. Like I feel like if I were to eat pork and I do, like I've had it before, so it's not like I haven't, I feel like I taste it and I'm like licking the outside of a live pig as he's rolling through the mud in a farmyard. I know, very odd. I, I It's very odd. I have the same thing about lamb. I feel like when I eat it, it's like when you mouth breathe in a petting zoo or in a farmyard and you get all that animal like raw taste in your mouth but that's just me so it's not like we have a lot of ham at home so I don't like cook up a ham and can slice it thinly and all the rest and again stepmom cooking for me she made a turkey we had all this for turkey sandwiches and extra stuff on my own am I going to cook a turkey Probably not. I might say I will, and I, I might do it once and think, woohoo. 
but not something I'm going to do on a regular basis. So trying to find recipes in that that actually are go-to that we can do. So at the beginning, you know, five, seven days a week, healthy, healthy meals. As time goes on, we've had a few cheat nights. And especially with everything going on with my father-in-law and things like that, we had friends and so many people reach out with skip the dishes and stuff like that for us. And so we took advantage of that. Um, also planning for my family too, kind of helped with this whole, with, with my father-in-law too, because I really, really wanted to do something. And I wasn't able to go visit him in the hospital because of the pandemic, um, and my healing. They didn't want to kind of expose me and things like that. And, uh, the whole vaccination thing and stuff like that. And I really wanted to see him. But I also didn't because I knew he was in this induced coma and he was still hooked up and I didn't want to kind of remember him that way. I had, so I just got out of the hospital at, and I think, and going back to him, I still believe he's going to make it. And I've got in my head that he just needs to hear that I made it and he needs to hear his grandkids' voices. Like he lived for his grandkids. So if we were to send him positive messages in that, yeah, he's in a coma, but I, he had no brain damage. And I believe he can still hear us. And me and the kids and my husband, we're going to fight for him. We're going to be that voice. So I recorded, you know, us telling stories or I would, I've, well, I tried to get the kids to, but because at this point we had told them when I got out that their papa was in an accident because we wanted to show that I came out of the hospital and I made it okay. So he could come out of the hospital and make it okay. And we kind of had to say something. And so I kind of wanted, you know, do you want to say something? And no, we're good kind of thing. And I was like, well, I'm going to say something. So, you know, I, I record this message, you know, like, I'm like, Papa, I made it. I'm doing great. I need you to do great now. And I gave it to my mother-in-law and my husband. I was like, just, just play it for him. So they played the message and I don't know, like I thought that would be the strength he needed, but at this time things were not looking good for him. So he was on dialysis. Um, he had the burns. They were able to do one skin graft, but then, um, because he's sitting, he's laying down, pneumonia set in. And that was kind of what the nurses had told me too. If I didn't get up and move and I, I was laying on my back after surgery, you have a higher chance of pneumonia. And then when you do get up, you have to be able to breathe deep through your lungs. So I even got this handy dandy machine where they practice how much breaths you can kind of breathe out to really practice your breathing. So it's not shallow breathing because then liquid sets in and you get pneumonia. Well, he's been on his back. So, and he's prone to pneumonia. So pneumonia set in, so not good. So they weren't able to do any more skin grafts. And we get the call that my husband should come and say goodbye. So, you know, my son, like devastated, but he kind of keeps things very close to his chest. So I'm not sure kind of how he felt and he's probably handles things a lot better than me. And I was just like, are you effing kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, I'm giving you this message of hope that I made it. My kids need you and I need you to do the same. So that whole stage is a grief. I'm probably angry at this point, devastated, angry, and just 
frustrated because I'm like, I'm trying to heal myself. I need you to do this. My husband's got way too much on his plate. Like, you need to do this. So uh, he, he didn't pull through. And so my, my father-in-law passed away. And that was a huge blow for my family, especially at a time like this. And now that my father-in-law has passed away, I mean, less hospital visits than that. But now all of a sudden it's the dealing with, with grief and just the whole organization after someone close to you passes away, right? Like it, you have to, uh, there's funerals, there's this, there's that, there's everything to plan. And that planning though really, really helped me anchor me because I had a project to do and I didn't focus on myself and I just wanted to help out in any way I can and again I kept being like I, I can I want to help out I want to do this and but I was also healing so that next part I'm, I'm waiting for results my father-in-law passed away um, I've got two young kids at home and we just thought what more can happen? Like, we feel at the lowest point right now. Maybe not the lowest. We've had some pretty low points. But this was kind of a huge blow too. Uh, and yeah, and I just remember feeling these waves of grief kind of take over me. Like, I would just be sitting there. And I mean, it was also like I was in pain. And I felt it most, I think, when... I wasn't quite up on my pain meds and so I have physical pain but the physical pain I mean was probably part of the healing but I associate it more with with my father-in-law so I'd be these waves of grief just passing over me and I'm like I am I'm sad I am so sad but I need to pull myself out so very 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 tough time I don't even know if I can honestly put into words the feelings of that and this healing. But then there's these other parts to it about me being able to focus on something and not think about me and waiting for these test results. Uh, having family come was amazing. My um, brother and his fiance were able to come out and stay with us. And she's like seven months pregnant. And she comes out and they're willing to help out and they're helping with the kids too, which is phenomenal. And that really, I think, also helped with my kids because there was so much distraction going around with the family there for them. And so they weren't able to kind of focus on what's going on with their papa and what's going on with me. Um, it was It's hard because my daughter would still call for him and look for him. And we're trying to explain like he's not here in that. My son didn't really talk much but he we were able to kind of and he talked about happy memories and that uh and just the family rallying around just shows you too like who's there when you really need it I mean even if you don't talk to family a lot I mean when push comes to shove or you know when that you know they got your back and I have an amazing family and a great set of friends and they have your back no matter what uh, so they, they helped me clean my house. They took they helped with the kids. It was awesome. At one point, I remember sitting on my couch. And I mean, I feel pretty good at this point. Like I said, the healing did not take six weeks. 
And I'm sitting on the couch and my sister-in-law, or my brother's fiance, my sister-in-law, she's like, what can I do to help? Like, we're going to help vacuum. And so here she was, six months pregnant, vacuuming under my couch while I'm sitting on the couch feeling like, oh my gosh, like here she is full on pregnant vacuuming. And I'm sitting there on the couch feeling like I can be doing this, but I still like, I felt like I could be doing it, but I wasn't supposed to be like vacuuming that because I, I had the internal and they didn't want me to pull it and things like that. Uh, our trampoline that we ordered for Easter came. So that was another great thing. And my brother helped my kids put it up and they jumped, jumped like crazy. And I watched them jump and no, you're not supposed to jump. And at four weeks, I may or may not have jumped with them because I couldn't resist watching them any longer. And it was just this whole trying to rally, like friends and family rallying about. So this idea of like these healthy, act, like these broken promises, I totally for health wise and all these things I was going to do and promise to do. And wasn't just nutrition. So after this, I was like, I am really going to make an effort more to reach out to my family. And because sometimes when I got teaching, I kind of got into myself and just so focused that there'd be times, even with friends, that I'd be like, oh, six months have passed and I haven't talked to anyone. I am quite selfish and very absorbed in my own world. So another one of those promises and I'm really hoping to kind of keep on to is being able to reach out to friends and family when I need them. And so that was another, like, I guess, hopefully not a broken New Year's resolution promise. So yeah, this whole time while waiting for my results is a whole mixture of things. This worry that's behind, these promises I want to make to myself and my family, uh, having the family rally around, my father-in-law passing away and needing to do that kind of thing and plan a funeral and... We wanted to plan a funeral when I was able to come and I'd be healed enough to come. So trying to do that, not really reaching out to a lot of people yet because I'm hoping this is one and done, right? Like I've got my surgery. I'm going to heal. I feel great. I mean, I haven't heard anything and it gets to be, I think about three, four weeks or something like that. I don't even know. And I haven't heard back. And I'm thinking, well, if I haven't heard back, it's got to be a good thing, right? It's like when you go to a doctor and you get test results, right? And they're like, if we call you, we'll tell you something. If we don't call you, it's a good thing. So as time goes by, I'm like, this has got to be a good thing, right? I mean, if it was something really serious, you would think they'd be on the horn right away because they had been up to that point. Like I said, like it was seven days between colonoscopy diagnosis and a surgery, like they would be on the ball. Uh, so, you know, your my uh, surgeon calls in after so many weeks to kind of check in, how are you feeling? Stuff like that. What are you doing? You know, one of my questions was, am I allowed to jump on a trampoline? Absolutely not. Were you thinking of it? No, not at all. Have not done that. Uh, make sure you're walking. You know, have you been passing gas? How are your bowel movements? Yes, I've got bowel movements. Don't worry if they're not normal because you just had a surgery, you know, how's the gas pain? How are you managing with pain? Especially, are you on the T3 still? No, I'm now on the extra strength Tylenol. And at that point I wasn't at all anymore. 
but no, my pain's good. I, it's easier to manage at home. Everything's going great. Do you have help at home, especially with the kids and everything? Yes. Okay. Make sure you're walking. Yep. Lots of walking. Uh, uh, and I said, okay, well, is this good news that I haven't heard back about the biopsy? And again, she was like, it's not that it's good news or bad news. She's like, so I don't want you to start thinking, oh my gosh, this is great news. But I also don't want you thinking it's the worst. It's honestly, we don't know. We, we haven't got the results back. So I don't want to give you false hope or anything, but they're backed up at the lab. So it simply is, we are backed up. We don't know. When we do know, we'll call you. So just because it's been a long period doesn't mean that there's nothing wrong, but it also doesn't mean it's something serious. It's just, we have no idea. Right. And waiting is the worst with this waiting. I'm waiting for a biopsy. And so that's kind of where I was at this point and starting to feel good. But after that phone call, I was kind of like, okay, I, should I still be planning for the worst? And you get those niggling doubts in the back of my, your head and they were there. But like I said, there was so much else going around me at that time. It was there, but it wasn't quite so front and center. Like I had family staying with me, I had the kids, like I said, like just so much going on. And that's kind of where I was at this stage.